2: Once upon a time
3: I was Welcome back Mojito fiends for another episode of Miami Nice. But once again, we are not in the humid climate of Miami. We are not having two Bacardi mojitos and a gin and tonic. We are in LA again. We're in the back of the cab. We're actually not having that much fun at all because we've got a psycho assassin in our backseat. We are having fun on the podcast. Um, we have a great guest today. Um, I'm super excited to have a new friend Tiffany Johnson as our guest today. She is a filmmaker, a director out here in LA. She's directed episodes of Poker Face, Mm. the really wonderful episode of Poker Face with Chloe Sevigny as a rock singer. Mm. Uh, And she's directed Mike, the Mike Tyson series on Hulu, Mm. Dear White People, Black Mm. Monday, and a little show called Hunters with Al Pacino. So we're going to get into that. And um, please welcome Tiffany Johnson to the podcast.
4: Hello. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Of course.
3: I I also just wanted to say really quickly how this came about, which is that a couple months ago, we were (laughs) having drinks at our friend's birthday. And I think it was the first time you and I met. And everyone's kind of talking about Filmmakers, Quentin Tarantino, Paul Thomas Anderson. And then Tiffany turns to me and she goes, You know who I really like? Michael Mann. And I go, Girl,
4: I have to come on my
3: podcast.
4: Yeah, and that it was, was it. Yeah, it was great. And I, I like you never he doesn't get brought up enough. And I felt like in that moment we're talking about all these, you know, American contemporary directors, and I'm like, He's not included in the conversation, and he needs to be. I think so. I would. What a great moment!
5: <laughs> I actually, I just want to say something quickly. Every, you know, we do this. We do this show, Tiffany, purely because of that reason. Like that interaction. Like there's been so many of those in the past years, and for as long as I can remember, especially you know, probably more than ten years ago now. I'd be in that conversation, people are like, ah, oh, it's Scorsese, it's Tarantino. And people are like it's obsessed, you know, this and that, and you just go, I was always that guy on man Island. And I also want to say that I know that there are many male members of our audience that are now going to say it actually happened to women. Spoke about Michael Mann at a party, <laughs> and I just want to thank you for confirming that that actually that moment existed because it, it made me happy, and I know it'll make everyone happy too. Ladies, yeah, like, no, really. you know he's awesome, Michael Mann.
4: Yeah,
5: never would have happened.
4: You have a podcast, and I was like, wait, what that exists?
3: I
5: have no idea. So, so you're you among friends for sure. That's awesome. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. <laughs>
3: But I'm also excited. You, We were talking about which Michael Mann films you like, and you said Collateral, which is my favorite Michael Mann film, after Heat, obviously. Um, but also you're an LA native. 30. You, don't, you okay. don't have to
5: anymore. You know, okay. We're just we're a team. We it's know, okay. we know, if we've we know, established.
3: We know. Um, but you're an LA native, you're a filmmaker, you love Collateral, and so I'm super excited to like get your point of view on why you love this movie so much and also, you know, what it means to you as like an LA movie.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's interesting, right before I was, you know, preparing myself to come and talk about Collateral, I was trying to think about the first time I saw it and I, cause it came out in 04, so I know I was going into my senior year in high school and I feel like I saw it in the theater. I hope I did, um, but I know where the love came from, like once it was released on like, you know, blockbuster i think that's where i started to like i i remember renting it and watching it over and over again um but my introduction to to um to man actually i was a late bloomer i think i saw ali first um because you know growing up will smith was like you know you he, see anything will smith does um and, this and was I, when we I, were.
5: This is when we were all collectively super excited about everything that Will Smith was doing. Yeah,
4: yeah, and, it was that
1: and,
5: era. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and not just the horrendous world star meme drops that are happening right now in his poor life. So, yeah, we were we we're very excited that, yeah. about that.
4: Um, but yeah, I, I I remember seeing Ali. That felt like a family event because obviously it was about Muhammad Ali. You know, we had. Will Smith and had Jamie Foxx also, and then I think I went backwards into the Man catalog and had new. I knew of Heat. I knew Heat being like this iconic, you know, thriller. I knew it. You know, it was like the first film that De Niro and Pacino was on the screen together. But my like cinema like peak wasn't there at that time for Heat, so it was a late discovery. Um, and then I just went deeper and deeper to Thief, Manhunter. Um, you know, just like, and was just taken by by his, it's, I don't want to say there's a, obviously man has a very specific style, but there's also like a simplicity that I think he does so well in constructing scenes. So anyways, as I became the film nerd that I am now today, I started to recognize and, and, and really pay attention to his signature and his language. Um, and then just found this obsession with him. And then, you know, collateral being, on its own just a great film not even really connected to man for me it was just like i thought jamie and tom were phenomenal and the whole la backdrop was great um so yeah he's always just been someone i I root for in this film particularly because i think it's just i think it's masterful dare dare i say it but um i think it's just like super special so
3: we will say it we say it every
4: on this this podcast
5: but you, you you said you just touched on it it's just like all those ingredients, just the, yeah. in, just the ingredients, like, especially because it's the Stuart Beatty, you know, Stuart Beatty, who's an Aussie, like Stuart Beatty script comes out, was originally set in New York, man, does what he does, finds an amazing script and goes, I'm just gonna fuse this with LA culture. And then you get these great actors and it's just one of those all-in-one night movies yeah. one afternoon and you just like, you add all these like little layers of ingredients and you're like at every single beat and it just goes. And if you wanna watch something that just Absolutely is relentless. And you look at your watch when it starts, and then you do not even glance at anything when it's on. That's what it is. It's like sometimes you're allowed to say that something that is so perfectly orchestrated, even though it's pretty simple premise. Like that's for me, like that's the, you know, in the parlance of this show, that the action is the juice. That's the juice. Is that Michael Mann? Like so fast. It's, and that's why we keep loving to come back to talk about collateral because so many different people. Have that experience with it is such a comfort movie at this point
4: for sure for sure and it's usually it is it is so contained in obviously the characters um and and it's you know the time it's in it's happening in real time and usually those to approach a film like that that feels so contained is is quite hard to do you know to, to keep that momentum going but i mean that's a testament to the plot to the dialogue um, and, and, and the performances to be honest, to be honest, I think it's one of Tom's, I, one of my favorite, probably second to Jerry Maguire, it's fine. Um, but one of my, my favorite Tom Cruise's performance and I just love him as a villain and I, I wish he would embrace that more, but that's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, we talk about that. We do, we are also obsessed with Tom Cruise. So we, we do talk about his star, we, uh, We're equally
5: obsessed, uh, Katie and I love, because- You would, you would know this, Tiffany, like in the, being, you know, such a talent yourself and being in the industry, you hear about these people and their methodology of performing or directing. And so Michael Mann, the law around Michael Mann is a psychopathically obsessive guy, you know? Yeah. Um, um, (laughs) And I remember the greatest compliment that we got ever on One Heat Minute was Michael Mann said, I compliment your obsessions. And, and that was like, I was like the most obsessive human being that I've ever heard on, on the planet compliments my obsessions. I must be doing something right. But the next person there who is obsessed to that level is Tom Cruise. So Katie and I just can't even wrap our heads around. Imagine those two just oh, talking. Yeah. Like, could you give me a time machine to be a PA on the set? Just to like, just to be yeah. standing near them when when watching their brains like do the mind melt? That would have just been out of control and then you get like jamie who's such an incredible diverse talent himself there in the alchemy of the mix it's like what the hell is this like it would have been amazing yeah. we think about it all the time and we talk to people we've talked to a few people who worked on the movie and they're just like oh yeah they, those two they're like he's in a pot
4: of course yeah that's the film i want to watch it's just <laughs> Man and cruise in conversation right
5: yeah <laughs> oh my gosh topic
4: and go oh.
3: If Tom Cruise can, if SAG and the AMPTP can come to an agreement. Oh, my God. I want to see Tom Cruise moderate a conversation with Michael Mann about Ferrari. I don't. This oh, award yeah. season.
5: No, yeah. no, I'm in Australia. I don't want to hear it, Katie. Nope. Not. Like, I, can't, I can't have You're going to fly here. I can't have one more thing <laughs> that all of my friends go to and I sit at home in Sydney and cry, just like, oh, my God.
3: Blake is having FOMO
5: this season. The biggest FOMO ever, Tiffany. My friends are like, oh, I saw Manhunter on Michael Mann's personal 70 millimeter print at Beyond Fest. It was religious, Blake. I'm like, was it? Was it? Don't <laughs> no, rub it in. No.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's rough. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, those two, that's what we love, is those two absolute freaks being. Uh, freaks together like that's that's the stuff um but i'm curious like you just going back a little bit so you were like a high school starting to become a film nerd like picking up on the things that you liked uh identifying the movies that spoke to you i want to hear a little bit about high school tiffany
4: Uh, you know what I, i do i like to tell people um so i was a girl scout shout out to the girl scouts um i was a girl scout for 12 years very long time my mom was our troop leader uh we were troop compton and i remember one summer going into high school i believe so like from middle school to high school um there was a camp we took called let's make a movie um now prior to that camp big like love movies right like going to the movie theaters we had uh compton had one drive-in theater and we would like pile up in the car and like go to the drive-in theater like every friday or saturday like that was an event to do in compton right um it's no longer there which is unfortunate mm. um but so like the love for for movies was always there and like i i like to give my my holy trinity of the films that raised me are um sister act two
5: yes right um, maybe, right, maybe.
4: Crook, crooklyn
5: right and, maybe.
4: um a hidden gem uh two Wong Fu, thanks for everything julie <laughs> yes uh, i loved that those movie three films were like crucial to my my childhood um, so anyways, coming into the, to that camp that summer, you know, it was like the first time I knew that there was more than actors, right? Like we, we the, over the course of that summer, we got to make a short film and all the girls got to have different roles. You know, we some girls wrote it, we got to direct it, you know, costume, like all of these things. And I was like, wait, you can get paid to do, like, this is a thing? Like, I just know, you know, I just, go Goldberg was like the only thing I knew about movies, right? Or or Wesley Snipes. It was like, those were the only two things uh, that I identified with were were the actors. And so I I remember coming out of that camp, like vividly, and this is why I remember the story, is that like, I think the ways in which I started to watch movies had changed. I think the types of movies I was watching had changed, like now going to Blockbuster, and like going down the, you know, the obscure aisle, and maybe, you know, that's where I discovered like John Waters and Hairspray and like, all these like random niche films and so there was already like an obsession <laughs> um with film but also just like an interest to like wanting to to learn it and understand it so it really opened me up wh- while i was in high school and then making the decision to go to film school um coming out of high school was was like a no-brainer i mean i had to convince my mom of course because she was like wait what Are you doing <laughs> you want to do what like i was like i don't know i want to make movies i don't know how i don't know where I'm gonna figure it out. Um, so shout out to my mom. Thank you so much for supporting that dream. Um, but yeah, it just it it just stems from a love of cinema, first and foremost, um, and just appreciation of the craft that, you know, has has grown the more I've gotten to to do this. So
2: yeah.
3: And what were the things like when you were watching Collateral over and over again on your Blockbuster DVD, when you're like, that's the Michael Mann signature, or like that's really fucking cool or whatever it was that was kind of like sparking your little cinephile future filmmaker brain?
4: That's a great question. Thank you for asking. Um, I feel like I paid attention most to and obviously I didn't have the language for this at that time, but I would say the, the coverage of um, the scenes in the cab, right? Like there's the first I think even with Jada's scene when she first gets into the cab, um, I just remember like the, the how we're able to see, you know, Jamie in the foreground and like her, but then like the ways he would use the rear view. And I just, that I paid attention a lot to the placement of where they were in the car a lot, um, which is odd. I don't know why I, I feel like that stood out to me most. Um, but more than anything, really, I love plot, right? Like I, I love, I love plot. Um, and noir, that genre is something I, I I grew to love as I became more of a film nerd, and so it's a film that when I revisit, I, I I pay attention to how the plot is like just it's it's it it just it continues to build like there's no backstory like you you come in right in real time, um, and so I, for me it was I'm just impressed by how I'm I'm able to instantly care. About these people for some reason, not knowing anything really other about them than this car ride. Um, but yeah, I, I would say those scenes in the car for sure. And then my one of my favorite moments is, um, is you know when Jamie's eating the sandwich in the car and that first you know reveal that uh, you know the body comes down on the cab and you're like oh shit. I rem- like that. Still gives me chills, right? And just his reaction to the car and and Cruz coming out, being like, you know, we know, because I think we we kind of know he maybe has something to do, but we don't know. And then you're like, wait, oh shit, he did have something something to do with it. I just love that that like sort of you know inciting incident there that like you know now takes us on on our ride. Um, yeah, but something I was going to point out, what's interesting, I know it takes place in L.A., um, but something that's very ironic about it being a cab is that like taxis aren't common in LA right like that's not I've lived in LA my entire life and I've never taken a cab now mind you in (laughs) 4 I'm you know 16, 17 so I'm not taking a cab but I love that they made LA so LA with one with a singular thing that like is not really LA (laughs) and that is cabs like you you never see cabs in LA um and so I just I remember always being like it could have been New York, right? And that would have been the obvious choice. It could have been even, I don't know, Chicago or something. But to bring it into LA was, I don't know, it just, it gave it this, a different type of grid. And really because you drive so much in LA just as a as a human living here, um, to be in another car with somebody like that it, and to see the city that way, I think is really, um, was, was a smart choice to do because it's, it's a little, it's a little like jarring at first like what like I've never been in another car with somebody in LA like that so I've always thought that was interesting that
3: is (laughs) such a good point because we've never talked about that actually I was gonna say I like
5: I'm super unfamiliar with that I would have thought that like LA does have cabs because all you hear about in all the movies is like I can name like 27 LA roads I've never driven no. in one of an LA Road, but I can I name them that. because they're in every movie. Oh, like you take the 405 to the 101 or yeah. whatever. Like I you guys couldn't say that about a Sydney Street. You guys aren't no, like, oh, no, you head no. down George Street no. and then to Pitt and whatever. It's like
1: But no?
4: But yeah, but like even getting picked up from the airport at that time, it's like you would you somebody you somebody who loved you enough to come pick you up at <laughs> the airport was a thing. Like I don't I've never I don't personally know anybody who was taking a cab in in and around LA. That's so funny, um, and even like the, I mean, I'm sure it exists a taxi cab like station like that in the film, but like I've never seen like a hub of cabs in, in LA. Before.
1: Well, I'm gonna
3: blow your mind because I hell? used to take cabs <laughs> in Los Angeles. So I moved here. 2011 to go to grad school at USC. I was living near the USC campus in like West Adams, and I did not have a car. I didn't have a car for three years. And I know that first year, and I had lived in New York, so I was super used to like just throwing your hand up and getting a cab, yeah, taking public transportation. <laughs> the first couple months of me living in LA struggle bus (laughs) because i had friends who lived here but they didn't live anywhere close to where i was living in um by usc and like pray you know i just want to shout out my friends who would like happily give me a ride home when i had no idea like how far away it was from their houses um but i remember a couple times like walking out to like jefferson and freaking Adams and like being like, well, I'm just gonna stand here and like, wait till a cab drives by and like put my hand up. And like, I would be out there for so long, nothing, (laughs) nothing driving by. And this was pre Uber. Like this was like, Uber was like still really like, maybe just in a couple places, like nobody had Uber. And so I got really familiar with like the yellow taxi phone number. And I would just call them and tell them to come pick me up. So like there are taxis, but they are so few and far between like the fact that when I think about it now, the fact that Jamie Foxx is just sort of like idling outside that downtown building after he drops Jada off is like mm-hmm. foreign yeah. that someone would just slide into the. Hop in the car, um, yeah. yeah, that's like a very New York thing that would happen where there's like cabs lined up and you see mm-hmm. guys light goes on and then you just like slide in. That's not something that happens in LA, <laughs> and I love that the movie is just like so good that you're like, fine, we'll accept, I accept it. it. <laughs> right,
4: this, this random night, a cab is outside
6: waiting. Yeah, um,
4: but yeah, you don't think about it. Obviously, you you accept it. Um, but I I have thought about it, just being the one like not non LA thing in a very LA film. Um, but yeah.
3: But I love that masters like can get away with stuff like that. Like master (laughs) filmmakers can get away with stuff like that. Like if you, it reminds me of the example of the scene in Goodfellas. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the scene in Goodfellas, where they talk a lot about it a lot in film school or at least they did for me, where um, about how you can kind of forgive continuity errors if the movie's really good. So there's a scene where it's when Pesci and Leota are kind of sitting at the table and they're like laughing at each other and chatting and the cups on the table are going insane as you like cut uh-huh. back and it's, forth between yeah, them the
4: the um why am i funny scene like oh you think i'm funny that yeah thing. Yeah, 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 yeah where they're yeah, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah and
3: but if you look at the coverage like the cups on the table are they're like stacked they're down they're none yeah. there's many there's a lot there's not and and, and but the Cutting the performances and everything else is so good that you're like, I don't give a shit about the cups. You
4: give all of that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so, I, like, it's, I think
5: it's only like now that we're like proper film nerds that I even heard of that. I'm like, nah, there's no way that the cups are wrong. I've watched that scene 25,000 times. I'm like, no, it's not wrong. And then you're like, oh, it is, but exactly right. I don't care. Who cares? I'm having, yeah. if you're watching the cups, you're not yeah, engaging you're, with y- the movie. Yeah. But so
3: that's whenever i like, when I start noticing continuity errors or like picking apart little things, I'm like, oh, this movie doesn't have me in its grip. Mm -hmm. Because if it had me in its grip, I'd be like, I don't give a shit that this doesn't work. (laughs) And this is literally the first time I've thought about the role of taxi cabs in
4: Los Angeles. I I say this all the time, uh, you know, script supervisors, God bless them. But you know, when I'm working and, and they're constantly telling me continuity things, one of my favorite things to say is if someone's paying attention to that, then we're doing something wrong. Yes. So like, let's, let's keep moving. Like if it's, well, her, her, you know, plate was over here in that scene. That's fantastic. But we're going to, that, that worked. That was the best take. We're going to keep moving. So it's <laughs> right, right, exactly. to, to your point. If we're doing everything right, that, that will either be forgiven or no one will pay attention.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Hopefully.
5: But it's oh also, gosh. I think it's also aged so beautifully because like that is such a, i love that observation tiffany because like that opens it up to me it's like oh that is actually really interesting because now there are no cabs anywhere you know what i mean like like just i think the only places that i know where cabs are really in sydney would be at an airport if you came into sydney international like flew in from la you'd be able to get a cab but also you'd be able to get an uber in like 10 seconds or jump on the like we've got train so you'd be able to jump on the train at the train uh, at the airport Uh, there's an underground train station that goes right there and then maybe like our main like our equivalent of like grand central station which is just called central station in sydney like cabs there but Mm -hmm. in in the early 2000s you could walk down george street in sydney and saying you'd see all these white and yellow cabs everywhere you could just throw your hand up bang you're in the middle of the city oh yeah i can get a cab that's easy but like now that's just you are walking to find cabs. Like there are like three or four spots where they will go around and they're usually huge tourist hubs where folks just maybe don't have the Uber app or whatever. And they just go to target where the tourists are, but that's it. Like there's no, there's no more like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm stumbling out of a bar with my friends and I'm right. just, I'm out of, I'm, I'm like, I'm out of here. I'm going, I'm i am tiddly. I'm going home. <laughs> there, there's none of that. It's like order an Uber on your phone and like find the pickup spot and leave. That's the only way you can get out. So I think it's also really, it's one of those things where it's like really forgiven mm-hmm. that particular specific details also if you're given more now because people are like oh isn't it quaint weren't cabs cool right you know <laughs> right, like right. are they a fun nostalgic thing and you're like no that was a whole fucking life getting around in certain places you know
4: yeah i was just in new york and um i was on the phone with my sister who has never been to new york and i was walking and she was like oh are you about to get in a cab and i was like uh, no, because there's, I, like, I'm not, no, because I'll use Uber or Lyft or whatever, but I was also, I was like, yeah, that's not also a thing that people aren't are just, like, hailing cabs anymore, really, even in New York. Yeah. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I mean, they're peppered in there, you know, you can catch one now again, but I, I imagine you would be waiting like you were on Jefferson for a little <laughs> bit if you're trying to hail a cab, even in New York. I think everyone uses, um, you know, Uber or Lyft now, which yeah. this film could still work, even if it was uber like you know what i mean it's still like the idea of still that ride share like it could still i think it could still uh kind of play if we wanted to mo- make it into a modern version which we wouldn't but you
3: know. i'm gonna speak a really um horrible word right now oh god oh, stuber. Stub- stuber did you guys ever see stuber, no, you, um... see stuber. <laughs> wait what is Stuber? It's kind of a similar. It's like a Kumail Tiffany Nanjiani yeah, it's- plays. Uh, oh,
4: like a Uber
1: and driver Dave and Dave
3: Batista.
4: Oh yes, the the poster is coming into my mind now. Unfortunately, yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Skip. I skipped that one.
3: <laughs> okay, so it, I I did review it. Uh, I I hated it, but it says um, <laughs> Katie, you, a, de- you a do, detective. Can I just
5: say you do heroic work for L.A. Times and the Tribune News Service. <laughs> this is the one major I do. difference it's Tiffany, a job. Between, this is one major difference between <laughs> katie and i is that i am now sort of exclusively podcast audio docs land and so very uh-huh. rarely do i like do sort of a standard review and i watch katie have to see these movies and and write thoughtfully about them and i'm just like you're doing it you're just heroic well, shit
3: it's I'm it is funny <laughs> some, yeah, some people, you know, they, they have carved out like a niche for themselves where they just get to write about the movies that they love. Mm-hmm. And then there's the life of a daily film critic where I am literally reviewing the Paw Patrol sequel. And I have no clue what Paw Patrol is and I haven't seen the first one. Oh, and I'm just no. walking into it like, I have no children. Now, I'm now, a 40 year old woman. Now,
5: now that's, a, now that's a movie I did see and have seen many times. Paw Patrol 1 and, I'm, and my kids will make me go along to see <laughs> Paw Patrol okay, 2. So, I'll be there. Yes, you
3: will be seated for Paw Patrol too. Hundred percent. But um, so Stuber is a, a detective recruits his Uber driver into an unexpected night of adventure. So, ah. Batista's not a villain. He's uh he's a, a detective, a mild mannered Uber driver named Stu picks up a grizzled detective who is hot on the trail of a sadistic, bloodthirsty terrorist. Okay. Um, yeah, the less we say about I, Stuber, the better, yeah. but uh, they're, they they're have the attempted ones. in a way yeah. to do
4: this and uh, they, yeah, <laughs> but I have no idea that that film, that that's what that film was about.
3: <laughs> oh my God. Well, I mean, the name is like a, you know, a pun, Stu, Stuber, um, sadly. Uh-huh.
4: <laughs> there it is.
2: Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use Staple 20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20.
0: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
5: If you have a friend named Stu, you are allowed when they give you a ride to call them Stuber. Um, but uh, it, now, I I also want to quickly jump back because um, for folks who are listening, we we may have, we said coverage, and I just like just I, I know that most of our listeners are very savvy and they're nerdy, so I I know that they get it. But just to be super clear, in case you'd like not aware what that word means, it literally means where the camera is positioned in a car or in a space so that you can pick up the performances and you know and and um i think that tiffany put it so beautifully before because she has an appreciation as a filmmaker herself of how difficult it is to orchestrate like interesting angles to pick up great performances Mm -hmm. and a cab and a car like that's why every car scene from you know every movie no matter how great the filmmakers were or sometimes continue to do these great things it's like people have ways they shoot stuff tarantino has ways he likes that sort of camera that's on the outside that's sort of anchored to the door that has that same shot it happens in like reservoir dogs and once upon a time in hollywood and death proof and like he loves that sort of outside shot to give him more space away from the actors to shoot it but man does such an, a brilliant job of like anchoring all these cameras inside the cab using digital cameras to mm-hmm. augment the focus of those different points so you're seeing all these really fantastic angles and it's in this claustrophobic space but they do all these wonderful things with it another great car movie i love of like just the invention is uh alfonso coron's um uh, children of men because mm-hmm. some of the car shots mm-hmm. they do in that movie when you look at the behind the scenes they've taken the whole roof off yeah, the car so the, camera, yeah. so the camera so the camera can like zigzag across and it's shoot crazy it's- is there a
4: 360 shot in in that yes they have to move the seat yeah 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 yeah. it's insane insane so so inventive tools to make this one shot which is insane um but but real quick going back to the coverage in the cab all of those things that you just said but it's also like the intention because what he does so well is like the point of view is always obviously of jamie's but or max but there's a way to like he gets you he does plays with the point of view very well in the framing of when to keep Jamie in the frame, when to like keep Cruz in the back or when, like it's just really uh, thoughtful and intentional. And like, again, things that I've, at first first viewing, I'm not paying attention to, but as my brain, you know, our brains have gotten sharper, you understand that. Um, And it it just, I love moments like that when I can see the choice being made um is yeah
3: great film, but, but i do love that like the first time you watch it you're not paying attention to it right that oh, it's invisible no. <laughs> and you're yeah. just in and you're like i don't know why i'm so like locked into this yeah. conversation that goes to some really weird places mm-hmm. between these two strangers but it's so compelling and there's a sense of menace and a sense of weird connection and um like it's all happening invisibly but then when you go back and keep watching it you're like oh yeah he's playing with perspective and point of view and um but yeah but I I liked what you said at the top which was like that there's a simplicity and I think that that is a very underrated quality in filmmakers when when you are able to do something that is complex but simple and Uh, it has that momentum, that kind of forward momentum that you just like get sucked into it and get kind of addicted to to watching what's going on.
5: And there's something so great. And the scene that just keeps echoing in my head as we're having this conversation is in a normal two shot, which is usually two people looking at each other or now like us, a three shot, sort of Mm -hmm. us three talking, looking at each other. You have a react, someone says something and then one of us reacts to it. And so I'm reacting to you and you can see my reaction. what's so cool in the cab is that Max, Jamie is looking forward. Most of the time, driving, concentrating Mm -hmm. on the road and, and Vincent's behind him. And so when he says stuff, you don't get like, Max is not registering the action, but we are. And so then there's a couple of beautiful moments where he's like, how long have you been driving a cab? He's like 12 years and Vincent's face reaction behind him. That choice of like the way the camera just does like a tiny tilt to like, give you just that little bit more on Vincent. He's like. Twelve years, like, twelve years. Like, yeah. oh, this is just a part-time thing. I'm just doing. Something. Oh, okay, cool. How long have you been driving a cab? Twelve years. And he's like,
2: <laughs>
5: just that reaction shot and how thoughtful man constructs it so that we get the full brunt of Vincent's like perplexed. Oh, okay. I'm gonna use that piece of information later to to, to capitalize on this guy. I Absolutely. love that so much. Yeah. That's just yeah. it's it's a great device because again, we get to be like one step ahead of Max in that moment as the audience. We know. Just that little bit more than the character in that moment, without getting too far ahead. It's um, it's yeah. really special.
3: Yeah, without it, like allows us to be ahead of him, but without like leaving the space or like cutting or like, yes. um, you know, going to a different timeline or something. It's like it's a very subtle way of of you know calibrating that information, and I think that's so cool. Yeah,
2: total. totally. Different. So,
5: Tiffany, we're so lucky to be talking to you because you directed an episode of the hunters TV series, uh, starring one Al Pacino, Michael Mann, luminary Al Pacino from both heat and the insider. And we need to know, did you meet Al Pacino number one? And number two, did he then while filming hunters have his Shrek phone case? Um, (laughs) these are the two most important (laughs) questions. Like number one, did you meet him? We'll love that story. I I can confirm that when I did meet, um, uh, Mr. Pacino very briefly at a special screening of heat with my friend, Bill Gabiri hosting it. I can confirm that he did indeed have a Shrek phone case and took a phone call on the Shrek phone case phone <laughs> in the same room as me, and so what? I can confirm that happened. So I just, I just want to know if it's, it was a special occasion phone case. I, 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 that's a really important question. It, I mean, I'm, I'm,
4: I'm, I, well, well, first of all, yes, I, I did meet Mr. Pacino and um, I shot with him for four days.
3: So I you also, directed him.
4: I directed him. Yeah. Oh my god. I so I have out, out of my. Insane. I think I had. I shot for eight days that episode. I think I only had him for four. Um, But I do have two Greg Pacino stories. Um, No, he didn't have the Shrek phone case. I really (laughs) wish I got to witness
2: that. Um,
4: But yeah, so, one of first of all, I I guess, I I like to tell the first story of when I first met him, and then, which was my first day with him, and then my last day with him. it also the idea that I am t- saying that I've directed Pacino. Please know that is doesn't even make sense. Still in my mind. Um, <laughs> shout
3: shout out, out to the Girl Scouts. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to shout the Girl, out Scout. to the Girl the Scouts. The <laughs>
5: chapter yes. of the Girl Scouts. To shout out. <laughs> shout out.
4: Um, but my first day with him was actually my third day of my shoot. So I had you know by that time warmed up with the crew. Everybody, you know, we were in our, our the swing of things. And I and I'm inside. I knew. My first day with him was coming. I knew I like, you know, trying to just be cool. And what's great about that show, and, and I love David, the showrunner, um, you know, we're everyone is aware that this is Al Pacino and that anybody working on this show is is naturally going to be, you know, anxious and like, you know, into all the fields because he's he is who he is. So there was a there was a conversation of just like making sure you know you're it's fine he's really great like you know just <laughs> making sure I wasn't in my head which is where I was living and I was like okay okay yeah no I'm I'm good I'm gonna be great like I'm just because also keep in mind like what does, what is directing Al Pacino even mean, right? Like this is a man who has, I know. He has done, he's Michael Corleone. He's like, like, what, what am I going to tell him that he has not already heard from Coppola or man or whatever, right? so it's like, if I'm my, where I was living in my head was like, when I say cut, which is means we're either gonna go again or we're moving on. If we're going again, there needs to be an adjustment, right? Like, why are we going again? So now I have to articulate a note to Al Pacino of like, (laughs) like, oh, we're going to go again. Here's why. (laughs) Maybe it's your performance. But like, that's where I was in my head of like, is he going to hear me um, tell him what he should do? Right. Um, But he was delightful. And yes, I was extremely uh, intimidated. And I think he, I think he knows who, you know, he knows who he is. So he didn't like lean into that. So anyways, Cut back to, um, on my first day with him, he was my last scene of the day and we had actually got through the day really quickly. And so uh, we were kind of waiting, we were waiting only because we were ahead and that's, you know, not because we were just waiting on Al Pacino, we were ahead. So we were giving him time to to get ready and get to set. And I remember sitting in, in a director's chair and just like, you know, taking all the deep breaths and, and just, you know, just trying not to think about it. Uh, long story even longer, I get a tap on my shoulder Uh, And I turn around and it's David, the showrunner, and he goes, He's here. And I said, Okay. (laughs) And I I stand (laughs) up and I'm like, I'm about to walk (laughs) to Alpha Cheat. Like, I'm walking, and this is my favorite moment. He sees me, I see him, and he goes, Tiffany, Tiffany, baby, come on, come on, come on. And he like hugs me, and I'm like, Oh, hi. And he's like, This is gonna be fun. We're gonna have a great time. And I was like, Yeah, we are. Okay, cool. He was (laughs) like, Yeah like, what you thinking? What you thinking? What, 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 what do you want me to do? Like he goes right and I'm like, okay, great. Let's, here's what I'm like. Cause I had overanalyzed how I wanted to do this scene anyways, just so I could feel prepared. But he was just so warm. He, and he cracked a joke. Um, this is probably getting too insidery, but typically you'll do like a um, a blocking rehearsal, right? And some directors call action on that. Some directors don't, it, it's a preference thing. I don't um, just because I just want the scene to happen. You know, just let's run it and see. So he's in his first position and I'm waiting for him to take his start. And he comes around the corner and he goes, I work on action. And I, like, I, like I'm like, <laughs> I'm looking around and then he burst out laughing and I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> he's like, I'm ready. He's like, okay, I'll I'll, I'll go when, when you're ready. And I was like, oh my God, and I, I just, I instantly just like shrunk because I thought, <laughs> I just blew the whole day. Um, he laughed. He goes, I, I laughed awkwardly because I, I was like, oh, this is a joke? Okay, cool. I don't know.
3: <laughs> I, I,
4: sarcasm.
3: <laughs> I would love if he just went up to you and said, the action is the juice. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I wish he would have said that too. Um, <laughs> the action is the juice. <laughs> that, that would have taken me out. Um,
1: and did you, you, have you just ever- gone,
5: I need a break. I need a break. <laughs> yeah. just said the action is the juice.
3: Did you ever, um, let, uh, you know, we know that sometimes like Michael Mann would just be like, okay, we'll do a few takes yeah. and now, you, now we'll do a wild one.
4: Yes. Yes. He loves a wild one. Um, okay. yeah, he loves a wild one. Also too, you know, yeah, but you know, he's going to, you know, he'll, he'll take what's on the page and make it his regardless. So they might all feel like wild ones, <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, you you kind of you kind of just, and they're always gold though too. Like I, I mean, he didn't do really anything the same, which is so oftentimes can be frustrating. But it was like, oh no, this also could work too. Um, and yeah, I think I was trying so hard to separate the like fandom of like watching him as Al, Al Pacino, but also having to be a collaborator in this space with him. Um, and so I was. There was often times where I would I would be like, "Oh yeah, let me like get out of watching the monitor as I'm not at home watching this. I'm, it's happening right here in front of me." Um, yeah, he was. It, it it it's crazy to talk about because I I still don't believe it. Um, but I'm so grateful. Like I was told to, on my last day that I was the owl whisperer.
2: Uh, oh. Because
4: he, he they were like he loves you and i was like i know we have a. that's my buddy that's,
1: that's my, oh my that's, god that's my god
4: that's my guy that's my guy um but my last story that i love okay. to tell people um and you can't see it but i have a, a signed poster of scarface right in the office oh you and Katie. we no love one, scarface no wonder yes.
5: you two got together at a party <laughs> well,
4: but here's the kicker so my dad like most black men that grew up in the 70s and 80s love Scarface. Like. Scarface is the holy grail for my father. And when he found out I was working with Al, he was like, oh, do you think if I give you a poster, you can ask him to sign it? And I was like, absolutely not. I'm not doing that. No, no, no. He was like, what? He might, like, just ask. Him. I was like, dad, no, I'm working with him. Like, I don't want to come in. I've never done that. I'm not going to ask him for an autograph. He was like, come on, just see. Like, you never know. And I was like,
1: fine.
5: <laughs> can, I, can I just say, <laughs> old, old dads, like, that's the, like, I would be that dad to my daughter so bad. <laughs> I'd be like, "Sweetie, you're you're directing now. Like, you have to get Daddy their autograph. Like, he's a blue. Yeah, yeah. I was are like, like,
4: and was calling me constantly. He was like, "I'll I'll, I'll get the poster. I'll bring it over. Like, you don't gotta like just. Oh, he had it I'll I'll
5: bring it me. over. Oh yeah, thank you, Dad.
1: You'll bring <laughs> it over and ask yeah, Al Pacino. I'm,
4: yeah, I'm not going to like go get the poster. Anyways, I, I asked our showrunner David. Um, I said, David. You can say no. (laughs) He was like, what? I was like, you can say no, but would I be able to, if I brought a poster, would Al sign it? And he was like, absolutely. Everybody, you know, he signed a bunch of stuff first season. Like, don't, yeah, just, we'll give it to his, you know, his his PA, they'll put in his trailer, he'll sign I was like, are you sure? He said, yeah.
3: You're like, don't tell him it's from me. No, I'm just kidding.
4: (laughs) Well, here's the thing. I bring the poster on my last day with Al. Um... I give it to a PA, I I told them, you know, Al, I was told I had permission for Al to sign this for me, you can give it to me at the end of the day. They were like, okay, great, cool. They take it, day is over, they're coming back to me with the poster and uh, the the, the girl who handed it to me, she was like, oh, he wrote a beautiful message for you. And in my mind I go, oh wait, he made it out to me? And she said, yeah, you said it was for you. And I said, oh no, it was for my dad, I, I had never said, that it was for my dad to like make it out to my dad and so i unrolled the poster and it says uh to tiffany uh i had a it was it was a lot of fun to work with you out something like that and i'm like oh no it was for my dad and she was like oh oops and i said no i I lost in translate like i didn't i didn't communicate that it was for my dad so now the phone call that i have to call my dad to tell him. Uh-huh. I said, You're like I, I scooped it. I got, scooped
1: this poster. I said I
4: got good news and bad news. He said, "What?" I said, "Well, he signed the poster." He was like, "Yes!" Like so excited. I said, "But he made it out to me." And when I tell you, my dad who was 64, like you would have you would have thought I like knocked over his ice cream cone or something. He was like, "No." Like just. <laughs> I was like, "Dad, I'm so sorry." He was like, Oh man! Like, oh my god, that's so funny. I, know. I, I said I, he was like, "Well, you got you can keep it," and I was like, "Well, I was going to." I'm but I'm, <laughs> I, as I
5: as is previously established, it's a personalized note from Al Pacino. Yeah. I'm keeping this fucking poster. And,
4: and you know what? Like, I thank my dad because I would have never in a million years oh yeah asked Al Pacino to sign anything for me, and so I'm I'm so grateful that I have it now. And his friend. Though I probably wouldn't have done Scarface if I was. I probably would have did Any Given Sunday, which is one of my favorite
5: great great movie. Um, Al great movies, movie. But,
4: and I feel like he doesn't talk about Any Given Sunday that often. Um, but I'm I love the poster. It's hanging, and I'm I'm so happy. And it's it's a funny story because it was never even intended for me, but now I have it, and I love it. <laughs>
3: Honestly, I feel like dad should maybe have taken it because it's like I your daughter have liked,
4: yeah, I like taken
3: got this amazing it. message from it, Al. Oh, I'll keep it to him later. No, it's in keep my it, I think you should keep it because you earned that yeah. totally. But <laughs> if I was dad, I'd be like, yeah, okay, cool. they
5: <laughs> are like, oh, there's an autograph Scarface poster. And you're like, yeah, my daughter worked with him. Yeah, that, uh, you know? But when he
4: comes over to my house, I I, I have caught him sometimes just staring at it like, (laughs) just damn, (laughs) that could have been, because he probably wanted to brag so much to his boys, you know, you know, it was, he had high hopes for that poster hanging in, (laughs) in in, in his home somewhere.
3: That was serendipity, though, like exactly what you said, like it, it was meant to be this way. So yeah. thank you, Dad, for being the vessel yeah. for that to Love happen. <laughs> but uh-huh. sorry you don't have the sign poster. That's and,
5: amazing. And funny that, you know, Any Given Sunday, for me- Also
4: Jamie Foxx. Also yes. Jamie Foxx.
5: For me, Connection huge movie. Loved it. But it's so funny Connection because Connection. in that year, he has two movies that come out in the same year as The Insider
2: mm-hmm.
5: and Any Given Sunday in the same year. So it, it, it becomes kind of like in the 99 greatest movie year of all time of it all. Like no one really talks about Any Given Sunday, but any chance I get to talk about Any Given Sunday, I always talk about it because I think it's genuinely one of the best sports movies ever made, if not the best. It's one of my favorites. Hands down, Hands down. one of my favorites. Yeah. I'm also a big
4: football fan. So uh, it's a film I like to watch before football season. Um, and my fantasy football league team is the Miami, Miami Sharks.
5: Sharks. Bless <laughs> you. Bless you. Um, That's
3: amazing. <laughs> um, it. I don't think I've seen any given Sunday since the theater. Oh, I need to I, go back.
5: Oh, Katie.
3: <laughs> I know. But I know
5: Jamie, maybe,
4: maybe once or
3: Cameron twice on
5: Diaz. No, I know oh, maybe once it. or
4: twice Cameron, on, Cameron in one of her, like probably best performances. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. It that, that, in the
5: sweet, su- that in the sweetest thing um uh oh my God. two favorite camera no, sweetest performances the sweet yeah. thing. i love They're the sweetest not, thing i will tell you right same. now i love the sweetest thing shut up everyone yeah. i'm not gonna argue about it it's great but yeah. like no it's like it's and it's just so it's it's oliver stone like showing how much of a football fan he is because it has like great foot like real people like jim brown it's got lt yeah. it's got it's got ll cool j and like a really mm-hmm. badass before it's so that movie is just
4: it's, and it's just I mean, Oliver like laid on the like it is so heavy handed directing that which I love, but in in a way that's like it's it's nuts. That movie is so <laughs> intense and just all over the place. Um but you you just appreciate it so much. Yeah, I I love it. And I, I was there was a moment I was gonna maybe like pick Al's ear about it, um, but I didn't didn't quite I would, well, didn't have the confidence to do it <laughs> quite.
5: Well, he loves you now. So at he some knows. point in, late, later in your career. I know. Like, we need
3: to get you guys back together. <laughs> the Al
5: Whisperer needs to work with Al again. I think that's that evident, right?
4: Picture. There's a great picture that the the BTS photographer took. Um, we were looking, the props, it's me, Al, and our props guy looking at uh, a gun for a scene that Al was going to need the gun for. And it's, it's just like me and Al looking at a gun and – I don't know why I love this photo, but- Tell
3: me that's framed I, as well. I don't have it
4: framed, but it's, it's on not, it's not my phone. They sent it to
5: me. Can, can you please- Take a photo of that and send it to Katie and I. I Yeah, I'll send it to you guys. We would love to put it in the post for this show. So if you're listening, you need to go to oneheatminute.com and the link is in the show notes. And we'll put that in there of Tiffany and Al looking at a gun. That sounds like the greatest photo of all time. Um, I
3: think this episode has to be titled The Owl Whisperer.
5: uh, You know it is already going to be titled (laughs) The Owl Whisperer. You know it, Katie. You read my mind. This is how long we've been doing this show.
3: I know. So the I uh, here's the other thing. You also directed Natasha Leone. Oh in yeah. Poker yes. Face. When are Al and Natasha Leone? They they those two need to work together cuz have they worked <laughs> together before? I feel like they would oh, be yeah. like so great together on screen.
4: Yeah, they yeah, and they might actually be like the same height. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so that could be really
5: be really Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> The same. I, I was even <laughs> more excited about chloe seven because i love her and your episode of poker face with her was
1: phenomenal
5: phenomenal she's and she's like i'm such a zodiac fan but i love her in absolutely everything and i think she's just completely underrated and wonderful and watching her play a really uh amoral awful um uh rock star (laughs) in that episode was terrific a very fun one um ironically
4: i think she had a ton of fun playing it like all the performance stuff. I remember going up to her. And I was like, Do you "Have I?" Because I didn't know. I was like, "Have you ever? Were you in a band? Or have you ever performed?" She was like, "No." And I was like, "You look so natural." Like yeah. she was like, i are having fun." And I was like, "Great!" Like it looks. It was. I mean, she's a phenomenal actress. But in that seeing her on stage in like a metal band, I was like, "This look
5: for you needs to happen." I don't know. Yeah, it you, actually. You you know, any... <laughs> you're so right because it actually made me Google. You know, because. There are so many actors sometimes that have side gigs, like, you know, mm-hmm. um <laughs> one that's close to my heart, Russell Crowe has a band that's called oh, <laughs> 30-odd foot of grunts, or for real true, real ones, it's Toe Fog. I'm not, oh. don't get started on this. <laughs> but, um, so he had a band, and so then you hear like, oh, like Johnny Depp has a band, and it's not always like Jared Leto. Juliette like, Lewis. Juliette Lewis has a band. Like, you find out Keanu Reeves has a band. you got, like, yeah. there's all these people that have got bands, and you're like, oh, like, I you know, maybe being in Oz and stuff like that, you don't get as much exposure to that potential of actors crossing over into music and stuff like that as much it sort of becomes pretty big or small. Um, but I actually like double screened at that time. And I rarely did it when I was watching Poker Face. I was having such a great time with the entire show. But that episode, I actually paused it and I was like, is Close evany in a band? Like, it, like yeah. just because she looked amazing on stage. And I was like, oh, is she in a band? Like, and no. Um, but yeah, that whole career and Natasha Lyonne's whole like family of amazing, um actors that became bit players in that series were so wonderful and she was probably my favorite across the series I I have to say
4: yeah oh thank you yeah I had we had had a really good time working on that episode um and I uh you know with all of my tv stuff I've been fortunate to like work on shows either created by real filmmakers too so like Ryan Johnson um getting to get into his inside of his process and um really get to, you know, have meetings and, and discussions with him about because he's a huge film nerd as well. Um, was really fun and and just the trust and support that, you know, he gave me to to do that was really uh was really cool. I was like, this this is awesome. Thank you.
2: <laughs> well,
5: um this oh, is ahead. awesome.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> And thank
5: you, and thank you. This has been such a really fun conversation. I never thought we'd have even an even newer revelation that there aren't really cabs in LA. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm still, I'm still like stunned by that. And that Katie validated it by standing on the street by herself. Oh my god!
4: Her. You somebody know what? we moved... thought you were crazy too? Like, <laughs> oh my poor god, girl. I
3: know. Imagine me on uh, fucking Jefferson. Yeah,
4: waiting like, <laughs> like <"Aw>, oh, somebody,
3: <laughs> somebody let her know. <laughs> know. Um, no, it's just so funny. Like, I when I when I, when I think about who like when I first moved to New York when I was 22 and was completely clueless. When I think about my first couple months there, I'm just like, oh, sweet baby. And then when I think about <laughs> When I first moved to LA when I was 28 and I was totally clueless and I'm like oh sweet baby but yeah it takes a while to to figure things out especially in this town so um anyway this has been so much fun can you tell us a little bit about like what's coming up for you if you can or like what are you working on or where people can Uh, find your work or anything else you want to shout out
2: yeah
4: I um you know well the whole the strike of it all, obviously, has has caused yeah. a, a lot of things. Yes. But, um, when this is all said and done, the strike, I um I'll be going back to an episode I'm directing a Marvel show. Oh. Ooh. Yes. Um. Then I'm really excited about and and then I'm kind of maybe you guys have heard it here first. I'm kind of um hanging up the TV hat for a beat um to really get some of my films off the ground. So. Yes. Um, yeah. The time, is, the time is, well, the time was always here, but the time has officially come. And I'm really excited about a, a couple of products I'm attached to. So um, finishing the TV career out with a bang with the marvel of it all, but hoping um, 2024, I get to really, really do, do me. And I'm looking forward to that the most. Yes.
3: We're so excited to, to see what movies you have coming out. So amazing. So excited for you. And um, this you. has just been such a blast to chat.
2: Thank can't, you. I can't this. wait. I, I love this.
3: Wait.
4: This is, We can do this all day, every day. Just <laughs> I know.
3: That's the thing. It's like, we like, it. let's keep going and just yeah. talk movies. It's like, yeah, we could do this for hours. So,
5: well, well, next time that you come back, so that it's not, so you don't feel like it's one of those junkety, shameless promotion things, we'll come and talk about your new great thing, whatever that is. And. I would love and we'll make Katie watch any given Sunday again.
1: Yes. Oh and nah, then yes. we, can we'll really really, we can
5: get really we can get really deep because any excuse to talk any given sunday that would be amazing but look thank you so much if this has been a blast oh, and you've you g- gave us and your poor dad's face um is going <laughs> to yeah. imagining it is going to make me smile throughout the day so I just oh. say thank you so much it's going to make me chuckle i'm just like ah oh, that's the best it's <laughs> yeah. one of the great stories of all time <laughs> I'll, oh
4: give, I'll eventually gift it to him at some point. <laughs> um, but no, thank you guys so much for having me. This was a blast. Um, yeah, and let's do this again soon.
5: Yeah,
1: let's do it <laughs> again. Yes,
4: we will.